0: Welcome to the Catastrophic Comeback Podcast with American injury lawyer Clark Speaks, helping you find hope, purpose, and joy after a catastrophic injury. Hi,
1: and welcome to another edition of Catastrophic Comeback. Today I'm very excited to have my guest Jeff Swagger on. Jeff is a former uh, law enforcement officer and is currently a, an investigator at Speaks Law Firm. Uh, we're going to talk about investigations and uh, in uh accidents and traffic accidents and in uh truck accidents and uh industrial accidents and that sort of thing jeff thank you for being here i'm happy to see you thank you clark i'm uh, honored to be on your show today all right well jeff let me first let's talk about um in terms of uh investigations and 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 all that can you tell me a little bit about your background in, in that field in that area of uh
0: professional work sure so I just retired from uh, over 21 years on the North Carolina State Highway Patrol. I was a master trooper there and had a had a great career. Uh, wasn't my first career choice. My first career choice was to be a firefighter. I was, uh, from the time I was five years of age and blessed to be able to uh, pursue that career, never let go of that dream. I was a firefighter for about seven years and then decided to uh, attempt my second career choice. And that was to be a state trooper in North Carolina. And, uh, Went to patrol school, graduated that, and just had a had a wonderful career. Where did you where did that where did that career take place? So my first duty station was in Statesville, North Carolina, Iredell County. That was my initial duty station. I went through field training there. I was assigned there for several years, and then I transferred over to the Hickory area, Catawba County, and I was stationed in Catawba for the for the remainder of my career. And I had different roles as I progressed through those years.
1: So, so did you is it did you investigate tra- uh, accidents and that sort of thing?
0: Over what geographic area? I did so I uh, in Statesville and also in Catawba County and then in the end I was responsible for public information media relations for a ten county area uh, within our troop. And what you know were those uh, ten counties just that covered most of the western part of the state? It did. It was kind of the foothills area of the state uh, from. Uh, basically, down just north of the Charlotte area to up into almost to the Virginia line.
1: Wow! So, so uh, in terms of so so you were involved in those investigations over the course of 21 years. Uh, uh, what's involved in a in an accident? Like, for example, for for 21 years, that that was something that you did on a relatively regular basis. It sounds like is to go. You come up on a scene. There's just been an accident. You know, you don't know how, how seriously people are hurt, uh, but it's your job to get things under control. What is, what is your
0: job at that, at that, in the, at that stage? So, uh, speaking from my perspective of a state trooper, uh, when a trooper arrives on scene, our first responsibility is, is the scene safe? You know, do we need to, to close down the highway? Do we need to reroute traffic just to make the scene safe uh, for ourselves? for the uh, victims of that crash, also the, for the other first responders as well. So that's the first piece of it. Um, you know, is there hazardous materials involved? Uh, what's what's the immediate danger to the responders uh, and not have an ongoing situation? Uh, that's the first thing that we're thinking about and dealing with, and then the second is, are there any injured uh, parties here? Is, who's injured? Uh, is there, have we identified all the injured folks in this crash is there anyone that we haven't seen or realized was injured yet uh, what medical attention do they need and and get them access to that provide medical attention ourselves and then also provide them access to further medical attention whether that's the local paramedics uh, through the ems system or do we need to call for a, a medical helicopter to uh, come land at the scene to, to assist them so there's a lot going on when you're trying to assess a- an accident Uh, under those circumstances there is there's a there's a it's a busy it's a busy time and uh so many times there'll be other first responders that have arrived on the scene before the law enforcement officer the fire department or the rescue squad or paramedics so we're interacting with them finding out exactly what the situation is that they know that we have so far Um, and once we've done those initial things uh, then we're then we switch to the investigative role and um, one of the first things that I always look for was are there witnesses to the crash Um, because the cars are going to remain there and typically until we call a tow truck. Uh, You know, some of the physical evidence is going to remain there for some amount of time, but witnesses, they can uh, be gone very quickly. They think the rescue squad is here. I, I, I did calculate. my job. Mm-hmm. I
1: waited till the health people, the, the, the uh, safety people got here. I waited till the ambulance got here, the rescue squad or whatever. Now I'm gonna
0: go on with my life. And they might have some critical piece of evidence to, to figure out what happened. Is that right? Exactly. so there's been many times where witnesses have been critical, just, just establishing what happened um, just prior to that crash, what was going on with the vehicles? What did they see? What did they observe? Um, so locating those witnesses was, was critical to any investigation because you're right. Many, they, they do their, um, their Good Samaritan deed for the day, which is uh, an event for them to experience as well. But then they, they think, well, I'm going to go on to work or school or the uh, store or whatever they were involved in and not realize what great information that they have that we could rely on as part of that initial investigation.
1: And if they go, is there any way to find them?
0: many times uh they they are not able to be located if they don't leave their name uh, somebody doesn't get some information about them what then it's just difficult to to locate them but many times i've shown up to a crash scene and the witness has literally written their name and phone number down on a napkin and what how great that was for me to be able to contact them and and later, as as they go on about their day, to be able to reach out and say, hey, what, I understand you were at this crash, what did you see, what did you hear? And that's been very helpful. So
1: then it becomes a matter of how thorough, how diligent, how how uh, motivated that your investigator is in terms of being able to f- locate those
0: witnesses and, and track them down and, and get the evidence that's so critical in those cases. Oh, exactly. I, I attempted to reach every witness, that any, any witness that was on the scene or maybe left some information that I could contact them later because even though as an investigator I have a good idea of what happened in the crash and you know, I can look at the cars and look at the physical evidence and, and make that determination, but there just may always be that extra piece of information that, that just could be very helpful in what, what is the totality of these circumstances.
1: So so, let me ask you that. So I understand how important the witnesses are. That makes a lot of sense. I understand how important that evidence is. But when you walk up on a scene, uh, or historically when you were in that job, and I guess even now, when you walk up, if you were to walk up on a scene, you and you see it, you can you can kind of tell what happened, or 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 not so much. What's your perspective?
0: There is a based on training and experience. There is a there's usually a quick uh synopsis that we start building in our minds as investigators like what what kind of happened here I could you, you know um you know if, give, to give an example a, a rear-end collision you know someone stopped or slowed down and someone else hit hit that car in the in the rear end and so that's a rear-end It's unfortunately a relatively common collision um but we just can never take just that little piece of information is uh, for granted because there may be other things going on. What if, it was a, what if it was a road rage incident and the person in front slammed on the brakes and caused that collision that, that normally would not have occurred? Um, so there's, there's just those pieces that you kind of form an opinion of what's going on, but you always got to be open to other possibilities. And ex- until you've explored all those options, it's best not to just come to a firm conclusion yet. Well, when you're, so, so some things I imagine can probably complicate
1: uh, your investigation, your work. One of the things that I'm thinking is visibility, is it night, is it daytime, traffic, weather, uh, those kinds of things. Are, are How much do those play a role in your investigation and in getting a, a
0: good, clear understanding of what happened? It's always something we that uh, we noted on our reports and in our field notes about how, you know, what were the conditions at the time was it raining was it uh was it drizzling rain how how much how much was it pouring down rain had it been raining for several days had water ponded on the highway so there's a lot of things that we just just made notes of that uh, if we ever have to refer back to that it it was we can build into that case well so i also wonder if 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 if, if weather ha- like
1: if somebody calls me about if somebody, if I talk to somebody about a serious accident and and collision, one of the things that runs through my mind is weather because I my experience is that witnesses sometimes don't stick around as long if it's pouring down rain. Uh, tire tracks can be uh, um, uh, can be washed away if it's more you know tire uh, impressions can be washed away if it's pouring down rain. Um, another example might be when uh, if people, uh, if, if someone moves their vehicles because, uh, you know, f- from where they were originally out of the, out of the way because of, uh, uh, you know, heavy traffic from a, a game, a concert, an event, uh, or just a normal flow of traffic at, nine, at 8 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So what kinds of things, uh, are those kind of things that you've run into as challenges, and what you, have you done to overcome them?
0: We encourage folks to. I have encouraged them in the past to, you know, just snap pictures if they if they're if they are able to and it's safe to do so. First of all, their safety is number one. Um, but if they're able to snap a picture of where their cars were in the highway, uh, any of those uh, picture of their car, picture of the other vehicle involved, and then from that we can start getting a snapshot of what happened right after that crash, and it's that's very helpful for us as investigators to be able to see that because many times you're right people will move their vehicles Um, you know North Carolina and other states do have laws that if no one's injured you need to move your vehicle out of the highway um, to to reduce the chance of a secondary collision so um, you know we're bound by law to do that but if it's safe to do so hey right before we move those cars Snap a picture where they're sitting in the highway, what does it look like, and it gives us a better uh, a viewpoint of what that looked like before the vehicles were moved to the shoulder of the highway or into a parking lot. So, from your
1: perspective, the priorities would be safeties first, right? You got to make sure that. Uh uh, who, we've whoever is around is as safe as they can be under the circumstances. We've called for whatever medical attention, medical treatment that we need. Uh, you know, you've checked on yourself and other pass, passengers and other people uh, to see if they're okay or, or to, at least if they're not currently getting worse. And you've done what you could to protect uh, human life. I guess the next priority past that would be uh, preservation of evidence, including photographs, witness statements, that sort of thing. Is that fair?
0: It is. It is. Uh, we're, we're starting to look at once we've uh, made sure the scene was safe, and then we're uh, looking for witnesses. And then now we're, now we're onto the evidence piece of um, evidence on the roadway, uh, tire impressions, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, many, many um, folks will refer to those as skid marks on the highway in in, in law enforcement. And then Law we return, refer to those as tire impressions uh, on the highway or off the highway through the grass, uh, through a rocky area where they whatever that may look like, um, so that type of evidence because that that evidence is going to go away after uh, some a short amount of time or depending on the type of evidence it's going it's going to be fading, um, and then so we're looking for that and then now we've got the physical evidence that that we have the vehicles and that that's going to remain the same for for quite some time so we've got that's that's the next priority after that is looking at the vehicles
1: so you mentioned some of the different types of evidence uh one of the things that flows from that investigation is a collision report um and you've prepared collision reports Uh, thousands so so um uh, you know one of the things that comes to my mind is i've seen so many collision reports i have never prepared one but i've seen them prepared by people that do the work that you do and i've seen so many of them usually i can tell i can look at a a collision report within i don't know 10 15 seconds and tell okay does this case have value is there can we can i uh Recover a uh, monetary settlement for the person who's come to see me about a case, uh, and the re- re- reason is because of I've looked at so many of them over so long that I can see things in them quickly that the numbers make sense. Versus a person who might get in a one wreck or two wrecks in their lifetime, they can't see those same things. I imagine you you can see. Lots of things from those same. I mean, from those same reports. I mean, can you can you look at a report and just see things that you think that normal people probably who haven't done that for a living for so long can see can't see?
0: I'm 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 confident that I can. Just like you you've looked at you know multiple you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of reports to uh, to make that determination. And there is a lot of information in that report that that the layperson just would not. Understand, it, it doesn't it's, jump out at you. Doesn't jump out. It doesn't. It there's a lot of coding involved because of the way uh, the reporting system is. So, and they don't even give you the code when they give you the report. Is that right? Exactly. So it's just it's just numbers. There's driver information. There's some vehicle information. Uh, some, inform uh, insurance information. There'll be a diagram in North Carolina. You know, there's a diagram on the back of that report. Of the officer's uh, you know diagram of that crash, but that's all very that's just the the cursory information. and then outside of that, there's just a lot of coding and that's that built in that report, and there's some really good information in that coding that uh, that just needs to be deciphered and looked through and that's that's what um, you know a lot of lay people would need help in that aspect to be able to understand what did what did the officer actually say what was his opinion of what occurred in this crash and um, it goes beyond just having the name of the other driver
1: thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time